is A Word of Power, a Bible-centered podcast brought to you by Faith, Hope, and Love Church in Dallas, Texas. And now, your host, Pastor Sergio Sandoval. God bless you. God bless you. Pastor Sergio here uh, at Faith, Hope, Love Church, along with Pastor Pedro. Peter. God bless everybody. Yeah, we're here to bring you a word of power. Palabra de poder, a word of power. And uh, we're glad to be back with you with the word of God. Uh, the last three episodes that we brought on this podcast, um, we brought you a little you know, holiday special, talking about la familia, the family, the different dynamics, the, the things that go on during the holidays. And uh, we might go into that a little bit, maybe even during Christmas. But uh, today we're going to start something new. We're going to start something new. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the battle. The topic is the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's or spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare, more specific. Can, Pastor, could you just break it down? More specific, we're going to look at 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17, very popular, very famous story in the Bible. Everybody knows it. Everybody learned it since you were a little bitty kid. Even the secular world knows about it, uses it in their analogies and in examples. Talking about David and Goliath. When David met Goliath, the great famous battle of uh, David and Goliath. Or in other words, uh, when somebody is faced or is up against an impossible situation, an impossible battle, an impossible climb. Uh, when you're in against all, when, when you're up against all odds, when everything points towards you're not going to make it. Everything points towards there ain't no way, no how, right? Uh, the situation, the battle, the whether it be in your personal life, in your physical life, in your emotional, mental life, or whether it be uh, in your financial situation or family situation or in a uh, career situation, uh, you're, you're up against the wall. Whenever you're up against the wall and you're facing uh, a tough, tough situation, and it just seems that, uh, you know, you're, you're fighting, you're up against the Goliath. You're just a little bitty David, a young little boy, a little bitty David up against the Goliath. And uh, you just don't see any way how you're going to get out of this situation. Uh, always remember, the battle is the Lord's. It's God's fight. When you really get down to it, it's God. if you're in God's hands, it's God's fight. It's God's fight. Now, that don't mean that you have to just sit back, pull up a, an easy chair, take out your, you know, ice lemonade and sit back, relax, you know. No, no, no. Obviously, you, you got to roll up your sleeves. We'll talk more about that later. But you just have to know something, that this is all spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Mm-hmm. Forces of darkness and evil. So we're going to be looking at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. What do you think, Pastor? Well, well, Pastor, just one word that stood out to me, and I have a question about that, that word. You said princip the word <coughs> principalities. Yeah. Well, what, do you, what does that mean? I mean uh, Those are demonic powers that are over areas, uh, not just 
those are demonic powers that have authority to work and fight in a huge area or in a huge family or over long generations, just like here on earth. A principality is not just one little village. A principality, when you're, when you're in charge of a principality, you're not just over one little house or one little block in the neighborhood or one little village or not even several little towns. You're, you're in charge over a huge area or a huge country or a, a huge nation. That's a principality where, you, where you're, and, and there's demons there's demons. Satan has assigned, uh, there, Satan has assignments. He has assigned demons over areas, over large group of peoples, or over several generation of peoples, uh, or over a lot, uh, or, or even over a, a, a nation itself. Even over a nation itself, uh, uh, you know, Jesus said that, that Satan is the God of this world, um, Book of Revelations, uh, John talks about uh, where where the throne of Satan is, where he has established a throne or a command center, so to speak, and uh, and from there he carries out he carries out his his strategy or as uh, Ephesians say his machinaciones his, his strategies his his attacks uh his assignments of certain demons over a certain area certain people certain families certain generations uh and that's what our battle is that's what our battle is uh against heavenly uh, beings uh thank god Thank the good Lord that we're not in this all by our little old bitty selves. Just like David. David, he didn't go down to that valley. You know, just trusting in one little slingshot. Really? Come on. Really? Forget it. He wasn't trusting in that. He was trusting in the Lord. He was trusting in God Almighty. So that's what we're going to be looking at. Basically, uh, when you're in an impossible situation, when you're in a situation, and many, many, many of you out there, uh, you've been in it, uh, maybe you are in it, or for show, you're going to be in it. Believe me, a situation, a battle in life over, like I said, finances, career, family, your kids, your children, your marriage, uh, and you're, you're in a struggle. Your kids don't want to go to church with you no more. They don't want to follow you no more. They don't want to help you no more. They can't stand being at home no more. You know, we're going to be looking at that. We're going to be looking at that. And we're going to start with uh, basically the situation. <coughs> Excuse me. First uh, Samuel 17. We're going to start with verse 3 through verse 10. Verse 3 through verse 10. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites occupied another hill with the valley in between them, a big old gulf separation in between them, two armies, two great armies, militias, the Philistines, the Israelites, and the Philistines had a champion named Goliath who was from Gath. He came out of the Philistine camp. He was six cubits and a span, which equals about nine foot tall. That's a pretty big guy. 
I don't want to run into him in the dark alley, that's for sure. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? I'll tell you what, Goliath said, choose one man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we become your slaves. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our servants, our slaves. Then the Philistine said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let's fight each other. How about that, pastor? (coughs) Toe to toe, mano a mano. From the shoulder up, come on, toe to toe, let's go. Let's get at it. Uh, basically, what we're looking at here is, is the initial ch- the challenge, what I like to call the challenge. And life is like that. Life will always have a challenge thrown at your face. Life will always throw at your face a challenge, a great challenge, a great challenge, whether it be, like we said before, physical, uh, an illness, uh, a decision, a tough choice to make, uh, <laughs> something that you've got to do, something that you've got to let go of, or a battle, something that you got to fight for, something that you got to fight for. The challenge has been issued. And what's interesting here to me, Pastor, is uh, uh, the way Goliath not only challenged them and said, there's no sense us killing one another. Just send one person here, me and him. We'll do it. We'll decide the outcome. We'll decide the battle. And then he upped the stakes. That's what I was looking at, where he said, if I win, all of you people become our slaves. If I win, we become your slaves. Oh, my God. He anteed up. He anteed up the bet. He he wanted it all. He wanted everything. He said, you know what? I'll take your 20 and I'll raise you 100. He comes on the scene being uh, some type of a benevolent which but, mean, uh, you know, um, yeah. let's save lives here. Let's, you know, let, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's not, not, Being not considerate. Hurt. Let's not be such tyrants. <laughs> he comes on as a benevolent creature and then he wants it all. Yeah. Cause he knows that he knows there ain't nobody there standing that can defeat him in the physical, in the natural. And nobody's going to be able to stand toe to toe with this guy. Ain't no way. Oh. It's like Mike Tyson against me. A warrior since his childhood. Right, exactly. Since birth, uh, since his youth. Saul later tells David that. Wow. Uh, uh, hey, man, this guy's been, you know, since his youth, he's been a, a warrior. He's fought many a battle. He's beaten men bigger than all of us put together here. Uh, so, I mean, the challenge is there. The stakes are high. And basically, it kind of reminds me of uh, what we face day to day, what we go through many times in marriage in uh, family, with kids, uh, in our careers, in our finances. And I I keep saying that over, in our churches, in our church, uh, you know. uh, Yeah, Pastor, it seems like when one area is hit, like let's say your marriage is hit or your finances are hit, 
It seems like the rest something are affected. Else. It's always something else. It's something else. So then it's up to them. And now, see, it's like playing a game of tennis, right? He's hit the ball and is back into their court. Mm. Now, once the ball's in your court, you got to do something. Make a move. What's your, what's your move? What's your move? Right, exactly. Uh, you want to just, you know, throw down your weapons and run? You want to throw down your weapons and bow down and give in, become slaves? Uh, or you want to, roll, like I said earlier, roll up your sleeves and go to war and go to war. Well, I'm here to tell you that the battle is the Lord's. The, 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 the thing about going to war, going to battle against all of these life situations is that you're not in it alone. You might feel like you're alone, right? You might not have the support you think you need. You might not have the, 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 the help, right, or the experience, or the, or the physical ability, or the emotional ability, or intellectual ability to solve this problem that you're going through at home with your familia. But you know what? You're not alone. You're not alone. The Lord is with you. God is with you. And what did Paul say? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who could be against us? Then we go to verse 11. Let me read you this. Verse 11. The challenge has been made. The stakes have been raised. Wow, the problem's a biggie. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul, the king, and all the Israelites were terrified and dismayed. Wow. <laughs> terrified. Look at verse 24. I'm going to ro- scroll all the way down to verse 24. Look at verse 24. Whenever the Israelites saw Goliath and beheld how huge a man he was, they all fled from him in great fear. <laughs> they saw a big old hunk of a man right there. Big old Lou Ferrigno. Hey, between you and I, you ever been in a situation like that? Where you're going to be in a fight, and you know you got to be in that fight, and you see what's up against you, and you're like, a lot bigger than you. I'm dead meat. Yeah. <laughs> a lot bigger than you. The, the odds are not in, don't look in your favor today. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to get my behind kicked big time. I've been in that before, where, you know, it's just me and, uh, I remember in, in junior high, me and Robert Witherspoon up against, you know, it probably was like six guys, but no, no, you gotta every say time I tell 12, the story, it's eight, like 20, yeah. yeah there yeah. was like 20, sounds, 15 guys there, you know. better, Pastor. But it was probably like four or five, but it was just me and this other friend of mine showed up to the fight and... And I knew when we were walking to the lake, we always went to a place called Woodlawn Lake in San Antonio. Because, you know, some dummies, you know, when they started a fight, they, they'd want to fight in front of the school. Well, that ain't going to go nowhere. That's going to get stopped within a minute or two. Uh, but so we'd walk to Woodlawn Lake to fight there because we knew nobody's going to interfere. And when we were walking all the way out there, following each other, well, I kept thinking over, get going round and round my mind, boy, I'm going to get my you-know-what handed to me today. Anyway, that's how they were. See, that was their spirit. That was their attitude. That was their thinking. They had the wrong attitude, the wrong spirit. Why? Because all they could see was with the natural. All they could see was what their physical eyes could see. But what did God tell Samuel when he chose the next king of Israel, pastor? He told Samuel, uh, do not look at the stature. Do not look at the outside. You know, God doesn't see those things. He what does God the, look at? He, he looks at the heart. Right. 
God looks at the person that you are. At the inside. At the exactly. inside of you. At the attitude, the spirit, the the thinking, the heart. And uh, I'm, I, I bring that out to say this. Very important part as far as in the battle of the Lords, as far as in facing your challenges, meeting your problems head on. Uh, it, uh, your attitude and your spirit and what, you know, your faith. Oh, my God. It's what really decides the outcome. It's what really decides the outcome. It's not so much, you know, uh, your, your chompa, how much you know, how smart you are. Yeah, there's a lot of things in life that you can outsmart. Yeah. You, can, you can outthink it and you can work your way out of it through lavia, through out-talking it. You know, they're good at talking. You can, you know, out-charm out it. Oh, yeah. You can out-charm your enemy, your situation. But, you know, you, there's sometimes that you're going to face a problem. You know, you're told that, you know, your child has six months to live. A problem a lot bigger than you. You're not going to out-talk, out-charm, out-think at. There's no way. That problem's beyond you. That The stakes are a lot higher now. And uh, you need to have the right attitude, the right spirit, the right faith in your heart. Knowing that you're not alone, that something greater than me is here. Something bigger is happening than just me fighting this giant. It's not, it's not about me against this giant. It's about something greater. It's about the Lord. It's the Lord fighting for us. It's God working his wonderful will in our lives. And if it's God working his will in our lives, uh, it's going to be okay. But again, a lot of us, we fall apart. We just spend our, we get depressed. Uh, we start talking negative. We start crying to everybody about our problems. We start our woe is me attitude. You know, we start lick, feeling sorry for ourselves or looking around to see who to blame for everything that's happening in your life. Pretty much functioning on, a, on, on an attitude of already being defeated. You've already lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On a defeated attitude. Yeah, defeated. You got a defeated spirit. I, I want to get this problem solved. I, I want to see it resolved, except I want to approach it already in defeat. Yeah. That, that, that's it. That's it right there. Do we got time for one more thing to say before we break? Of course. Uh, verse 14. So there's the challenge. The stakes are high. Whew, the attitude that the Israelites took was pretty much like ours. We're dead meat. Oh, poor me. Oh, man, you know, if it wasn't for this or for that, for this or for that, if we hadn't made this decision or if, you, if I hadn't listened to you, if blame I hadn't game. listened to you. Let's do the blame game, yeah, Pastor. Yeah, the blame game. I wouldn't be in this. We wouldn't be in this mess that we're in right now. You had to want to live closer to your mother. You had to live closer to, you know, your familia, you know, and look where your familia, where's that? There ain't nowhere around to help. Anyway, uh, basically, that was their spirit, their attitude. God, meanwhile, God's got a job he needs done. God's got a job he needs done. He needs the Philistines out of the way because he needs to give the land of Israel over to them. He needs to get the Philistines and Goliath out of the way. So what does he choose to fight the battle for him? <laughs> the Bible says in verse 14, David being the youngest of all, <laughs> being the youngest of all the sons that, that uh, Jesse had, hallelujah, 
The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul's tent, his father's sheep at Bethlehem. David was the youngest, and yet he's, in other words, he was the least that could possibly get the job done. He was the one most likely to fail because, you know, he had three other brothers. And of the three brothers, he was the youngest and he was the smallest and he was the weakest. And he had, he had the least experience. His job at his daddy's house was to take care of sheep. And his brothers were there at the battle. They were there at the battle. They were part of the army of Israel. You know, you would think they, they, they could get the job done. Nobody could, not even the King Saul himself. But David, even though he was the weakest, even though he was the youngest, even though he was the strongest, he's the one that God said, Ese, that's the guy. That's the guy that'll get it done for me. That's the guy that'll get it done for me. Now, I want to read you a scripture in 2 Corinthians. You're going to love this. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians 12. Verse 7 through 10. Here we go. Now listen up. Because of all of these great revelations God has given me, this is Paul talking. In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And I pleaded with God to take this away from me. But he said to me, no, no, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Now listen to that. God told Paul, my power shows up more when you are weaker. Therefore, I will brag more gladly about my weakness so that the power of Christ will rest upon me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I rejoice in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, that's when I am strong. There's a huge key to meeting your challenges in life to meeting up against those big battles that you face in life. That's a big key in understanding when the battle is the Lord's. Understand this. It's God that's going to do it, not you. Because you can't. I can't. We can't. We don't have the means. We don't have the ways. We don't have the experience. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have the ability. But it's not our ability. Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong because the power of Christ shows forth more. That's what it's got to be. You've got to let God fight through you. You've got to let God do the singing. You've got to let God do the preaching. You've got to let God do the teaching. You've you got to let God make the decisions. You've got to let God do the leading in your family. God, let him do the leading in your marriage. you let, you got to let God control your marriage. See, you're trying to control your marriage. You're trying to make things run right. You and me, all we do is regarla. You and I can only, we only know how to do regazones. All right? Let's face it, that's the way it is. But when it's God doing it, oh, you can assure yourself that there's going to be victory. There's going to be victory. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. 
We just started this. The battle is the Lord's. And I got so, we got so much more to say about this. We're going to take 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to chop it up into pieces. We're going to eat it, chew it up, mm, swallow, digest some, spit some out. All right? It's going to be good, 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 good. Meanwhile, before we close, let me just say these few words. Um, some of you out there are going through a big challenge. Some of you are in an impossible situation right now. A lot of you are. A lot of you are facing something in your marriage, something with your kids, all right, something with your parents, with your brothers, or something at work, something at church, something in church, maybe even. Uh, and you just feel like there's no way. There's no way. If you, you, you see that it's impossible. It's impossible for this thing to take place, for this thing to happen. Oh, I want you to know that we got a God that loves to do the impossible. All right? So I want you to message me. I want you to comment to me. Let me know what's going on in your life so that I can pray for you. I want to lift you up before the Lord because I remember something. You're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. That's right. God is here with you. God wants to help you, and God can help you. I don't care how little your problem is or how huge and serious it might be. I want you to know God can help you. God, you're not alone, okay? And we're not just God, we're here with you too, all right? My phone number, I want you to message me if you ever have a need for prayer, if you ever have a need for me to pray for somebody you love, 214-845-2325. 214-845-2325. God bless you. This is A Word of Power, a Bible-centered podcast brought to you by Faith, Hope, and Love Church in Dallas, Texas.